Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And we are in the first of the year. We've recorded this right before the first of the year, but I wanted to make sure that I got this in in January because I believe that many of you might be experiencing a sober January or um, dry January, whatever people want to call it. And I am with Erin Flavin today, and she owns a store that's a bottle shop that is a an alcohol-free bottle shop. It's called Marigold, and it is adjacent to her hair salon, Honeycomb. And Erin, I'm really curious to talk to you because I think you might be the first bottle shop that is not for alcohol in the in the state of Minnesota. Yes, indeed. I, I found that out. Um, it's very popular. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for you. So will you take me a little bit down the journey of how you went from being a hairstylist and owning your salon to opening a bottle shop called Marigold Next Door? It all started during the pandemic, of course. My landlord offered to sell me the building that Honeycomb has been in for the last 12 years. Um, I started down the journey of um, figuring out how to get a loan for this, you know, over a million dollar building. Yes. While my salon was closed and boarded up. Um, and I was solving a lot of puzzles in my life with my kids, with my relationship, with my relationships with my stylists who are all unemployed. Um, I was trying to make things happen for the shop in order for, you know, the shop to stay open, um, while there was no, I wasn't charging rent to my stylist at the time because they were not doing hair. Right. Um, and so I got everything online and started looking at banks for loans and I just was so overwhelmed and my husband and I were drinking so much, um, I mean, as were a lot of people, we were just, I mean, getting little mix kits from Ola every day and hitting the cork dork. And so I decided to quit drinking. And about uh, maybe three weeks later, my husband also quit. And I, gosh, it's a long journey. So then I realized I needed... um, uh, un, like a, a loan from somewhere to try to buy this building. Yep. My landlord was very patient with me. He waited about a year. I got an SBA loan. And with an SBA loan, you have to occupy about 51% of your full building. Yep. And I couldn't even imagine uh, having a bigger salon. It's never been like a, a big desire. Anytime I've tried to grow my salon with people, it just, it, it hasn't worked out for me. It's been really hard. Like yeah, a small- it, in the salon, people are like independent contractors. Yeah. Yep. And we all just, we're so close. We got so close during the pandemic. The, you know, not only were we taking care of our clients when we got back and, you know, via the phone or whatever email, we were trying to maintain contact with people also, we were doing a weekly Zoom with each other, trying to make sure we were all okay because it was so hard. Um, and, you know, once we opened back up, that's when I really kind of started talking to people about 
you know, how I quit drinking. I mean, uh, your stylist is like a pretty influential person in your life, like a therapist. And I was realizing how, um, how much that was kind of across the board, like clients of mine who don't typically drink very much were drinking more. Like everybody was just, you know, you were looking for that, that space in the day. Like if you're working from home and you need your day to shift into, okay, I'm done interviewing people for the day. I'm done doing this for the day. Now I go to my kitchen and I pour a drink and here's my ceremony for the end of the day. And that's essentially what all of us were doing. I mean, I wasn't used to working from home. I mean, sitting down at a computer is definitely not something that I ever like to do. And um, my kids were at home. They're running around the table. Like I, we couldn't be drunk anymore. Yeah. Did you feel like, I don't know how personal you want to get here. And I don't care. There's a couple of, I want to like honor a couple of things. One is I come from a family of people that are alcoholics and have turned into therapists and they have experienced a whole level of life by non-drinking and by counseling and therapizing others. And they're uh, big fans of AA and that works for a lot of people. So it feels like there are people that discovered that they needed to go to AA, they needed to quit drinking, they needed to do that. Mm -hmm. Then I feel like there's almost this new category of people that decided that their relationship with alcohol was really heightened, increased. Um, They weren't even necessarily aware of it until after about a year of this happening. And we had to then go back into our lives again and recreate. And people were feeling really like their relationship with alcohol had gotten into a territory that was habitual, that was dangerous, that they didn't necessarily feel like they were alcoholics per se, because they weren't suffering necessarily a lot of the consequences that we know come with traditional alcoholism, but they did not feel good about where they were at with their health and well-being as it pertained to alcohol. Right. And then we have even like the another group of people that just decided I don't need to drink as much as I'm drinking. I'm just going to cut back. And the way I'm going to do that is to just increase my uh, mocktail consumption, just Mm -hmm. like balance it out a little bit. So do you feel like there's kind of those people, did I describe what you're feeling or hearing at the salon? Absolutely. And I will say there's another little subcategory of the younger people who, who went through a short period of their lives realizing that alcohol was not working for them and they do do AA, but they're also living in a kind of, they are trying to be positive about the way that they look at their use or their, the way that they, they're living their life now rather in a, um, than in a kind of place of I'm damaged goods and I will never be okay to ever. They're looking at it as, I'm making a life choice that's different and I'm going to make a positive life life choice, right? I think that, you know, AA does work for a lot of people and um, it, it never really was a thing that I really was trying to do or felt like I needed. Um, I, I just really knew I needed to change my, yeah, my whole 
relationship with the way that I socialize essentially. And, you know, I wasn't socializing during the pandemic just with, you know, the people that would come and sit in my backyard. And I'm like, gosh, this is like my only hobby that I sit around and eat and drink. Like this isn't what I want to do. I, I want to make, make some different choices and, you know, try to like come up with a different ceremony for myself at the end of the day, or, you know, have relationships with people that don't center around alcohol. Um, and And I was just going to say, it's so much of what you're describing, the ritual, the socialization, all of those aspects are part of the community and communal experience of people that drink. What I like about what you're doing and what I'm feeling is something that more people are discovering is you can have those same types of rituals, those same types of traditions. You don't need to be apologetic about not drinking. Like maybe you're doing sober October, maybe you're just not drinking tonight. And that it isn't necessarily an invitation for people to uh, invite you to come to an AA meeting necessarily. It's just, this is the choice for today and right now. And and at the same time, you want to be able to participate in events and and parties and all those things. And it's a whole movement. It really is. And to be, you know, able to, if you can drink and if you can be a moderate drinker, that is so cool. Yep. I mean, more power to you. The people that don't drink and can't drink, that's fine. That's their prerogative, right? If some people need to pepper in a little cannabis, that's their prerogative. Like, it is a total spectrum. Yeah. Everybody should be welcome into that area because once you make the decision that you're going to say it's me or them, like, then it's not inclusive and you're not like helping anybody make, you know, having, having more of a social movement with it is important because I think all of us think of AA as like, a church basement where you chain smoke and you're drink lots of coffee. That, yeah. Lots of coffee. You made bad decisions and ruined relationships and you're forever going to have to be apologetic about that. Where I, I want to help people feel like they can, you know, make choices for the week if they want to or not. Like it has to be an open dialogue because once you've, once you've said, Hey, I, I can't, I can't drink anymore. And you've cut all yourself out from your whole like social group or, you know, some people are going to fall away because they're not going to be able to like, you know, understand and that's okay. You know, I mean, I don't know. It is interesting because I think isolationism comes with alcoholism in a lot of respects. It doesn't start that way, but it gets to be for a lot of people, a very shaming, a place that they're not proud of, a place that they're having a hard time maintaining relationships, maintaining productivity. And it is a very isolating thing where to just like decide you're not going to drink and to still be social and still do fun things and and still, you know, not have to deal with the shame that can come with it. 
um, when you're drinking too much, I think is very freeing for lots of people and they're just calling it lots of different things. Yeah. It is very nice to not have that monkey on my back anymore. Like the, the social anxiety is gone. Like I used to feel like I had social anxiety and before I would have an art opening at the salon or something, I would drink a bottle of wine. Yep. I could socialize, but then it would be like, I have to drink more. And when I realized that I don't, you know, I, I stand and touch people all day and talk to them about their lives. And I do that completely sober. Yeah. Every day. I don't, I don't need to socialize and be drunk at the same time. Yeah. Socialize sober all the time. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, (laughs) Okay. So that became your decision. You got the SBA loan, you got a 51% building and was it automatic in your mind that you would do this or were you thinking about what kind of shop you would have or I think my general contractor is about to kill me. Um I I have four stations in the basement here of Honeycomb right now for my retail salon expansion. <laughs> I'm not expanding the salon. I expanded into a bottle shop. Um I expanded my retail essentially. Um and there's, you know, waiting area and retail area. It was really hard for um people to come in. I've tried to get my retail thing going for a long time and people felt really intimidated about coming into the salon to shop because people were getting their hair done. Now there's this total new little, you know, retail experience that they can go into and not feel intimidated about, you know, the fact that we're doing hair next door. And it is like, it has chilled the salon out a lot. Like we used to have, it, it was a really, it's a busy salon, but we don't have as much of the retail component in that side now. So it's more of a relaxing experience. What kind of product are you bringing in? Like help people understand when they come to a non-alcoholic bottle shop, what there is to buy. Well, I try to do a lot of local stuff. I've got Trace Leches. I've got Mixly. I've got um, Misfit Coffee. I've got, well, Ritual isn't local, but one of the reps is from here. And I've got Null, which is uh, one of the women is from St. Paul. You can find anything from something that tastes exactly like an alcoholic beverage or as close as you can get to uh, an alcoholic beverage, alcohol removed uh, products like wine and um, spirits. Um, We also carry adaptogenic beverages, which are things that adapt to your body's natural rhythms. There's, you know, reishi mushrooms and, and whatnot. So if people like to feel a little bit elevated, they can have that. We've got things that are adjacent to alcohol, but not anywhere near tasting like that. Also there's dry wit, which is like a wine adjacent beverage that Peter Schweiger, who used to work at Marvel bar, he, uh, turned the Marvel bar into a dry bar for a couple months, I think it, and it went really, really well. So those guys are really cool. So we have a lot of really cool things happening locally. I think they are about to launch. They're getting their stuff bottled up right now. We have a ton of cannabis beverages, um, which happened right as we opened. So I did use a little bit of cannabis when I was quitting drinking, probably about a month in, I started, um, taking about a 2.5 just to like take my edge off. And it really worked well for me. And I know it works well for other people. Um, I know there's like a big 
I think a lot of people are a little bit afraid still of it, like as being something that you would, you know, a lot of people don't believe that you should replace anything. And I don't, I don't feel like it's a replacement for me. I feel like it's a medicine, but I think it's also very important to have places where you are fully educated about what you're getting. And that's what we really try to do um, when we do bring products like that into the store. I know my friend Stephanie March is writing an article about this topic. So cute. Yeah, she is cute. And we were talking about it and we're both kind of on the older side of uh, people that used cannabis. So, you know, we weren't huge pot smokers. I'll speak for myself, but right. the the area that her and I were talking about that I'm still, I can't come to grips with it and maybe I will, but when you drink wine, I don't know that you go into it thinking like, okay, I'm drinking this wine because I'm going to get drunk or I want to feel differently than I feel for it. For me, it's more like, okay, I'm cooking and I'm going to drink a glass of wine while I'm cooking. And it's kind of the experience enhancer Mm -hmm. of whatever the activity is. When you consume cannabis products, it's like, okay, I want to chill out. Like, I don't know if, if I guess that would feel the same, but then like this idea of I'm going to get high, I'm going to wait for this you know, product to work for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or however long it takes. And then I'm going to like have this moment where I'm here and I'm stoned and like, I'm going to listen to music or I'm going to watch TV or rep presence or whatever the heck. Like, I just don't ever see myself getting in that mindset, but I could be wrong because it feels so intentional. And what I think I like about alcohol and maybe what gets people into trouble too, is it's so not intentional, but then maybe it becomes intentional. Does that make sense? Right. Well, I feel like I'm in, I was intentional when I would start drinking, like I would go to the store and I would pick out a beautiful bottle of natural wine, something that was going to like excite my tongue and go well with food or whatever that is. Right. I still drink beverages like that. And I think it's really fun to explore the NA world with that same intention of um having something that excites the tongue and yeah you, fun you and exciting flavors right with cannabis i love it in a beverage i really do i love what people are doing with the beverages i yeah. love making cannabis beverages like i love using a seltzer and only drinking half of it with a phony Negroni and it's like a two milligram or whatever, if you drink half of it and it just, I mean, I really do actually go into it intentionally thinking about feeling, you know, like taking that stress away from my day, letting go a little bit, like a glass of wine would do for me, you know, like I, I think of it, you know, my get home and my kids are like, you know, crying because whatever. And like, you know, I'm going to make dinner. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to get the rest of my stuff done. I'm going to crack a can and I'm going to make a beverage and I'm going to make dinner. And by the end of making dinner, I am a nice mom, right? I'm a really nice mom. And I am not going to yell at my husband in the morning because I'm hungover. And I'm not going to yell at my kids because I can't tie their shoes and they're 25 minutes late for school. I'm right. 
you know, like all of it feels. And when I am, you know, having, you know, the time of the month where I am crabby and I cannot stop being a B word. Yep. I really like cracking a can of that's funny. Yeah. I never even thought about that part. Oh my God. It just really does just take the edge off in a way that, and I don't want more. Yeah. It's not like wine where I'm like, oh gosh, I got this bottle of wine and oh, that wine was really good. My brain's telling me I should have another one. Yeah. Oh, and now my brain's telling me I should have another one. Right. You know, like I don't feel like it does that. It's really I mean, interesting. It's yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned a product called Phony Negroni. Yeah. And it's really delicious. Can you tell people about that product? Yes. It's like a kind of a, it's a Negroni. It's like a sparkling, um, bitter, sweet, delicious cocktail, mocktail. I feel like the bitters are like probably the easiest one to mimic in this whole realm of, um, of the beverage world. Cause gentian and like, even, you know, with tonics, quinine and all of that, there's just so many things that you can do with that, that will help you make yeah. that bitter, bitter cocktail. Mocktail. Yeah. It's that's an, in particular, a really great one. So you have all of these different products. How many SKUs do you think you're carrying in the bottle shop? Over a hundred. Oh, so lots. Yeah. It's a lot. And will I mean, you do events too? Yeah, I'd really like to do events. We are, so I've got Lara Valente, who is managing Petit Leon before here. She got out of the restaurant world and came and worked with me. So I feel very, very lucky about that. I mean, I have my stylist who'll throw, lend a hand, but I I am going to be hiring some some shop people. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll see where it kind of grows from there. I don't think I will... Um, I don't think I'll ever serve. I was thinking that maybe we would have this little bar and we would like have cocktails, but I think we would just probably do events uh-huh. and have tastings and see where it kind of takes us from there because I feel like it is such a cool community space. Like it takes about, you know, it could take up to a half an hour to check out a customer yep. because everybody's got a story, you know, of what they've they've come for and who they're shopping for or what they're trying to like, you know, do. And just, I think people are really excited. It feels really good. Um, yeah. You kind of took something that was maybe lemons and made it lemonade. So what's the address of the shop and can people follow you on social too? Yes, please. Um, we're at 3506 Nicollet Avenue and our social media is Marigold MPLS. And why did you name it Marigold? Just out of curiosity. So I'm one of nine kids in my family. And so my mom was 45 when she had me. Um, They were born in the 30s and they used to go dancing at the Marigold ballroom all the time. (laughs) And I also um, was one of the first recipients of the Minneapolis CPED loan, which helps um people women um the BIPOC community um help buy the buildings that their businesses are in James Terrell started this program super cool guy he worked so hard and I just wanted to give a little nod to the history of the city from the yeah. Marigold Ballroom because Minneapolis 
doesn't hold on to a lot of old buildings, sadly. Um, and I didn't want this one to get turned into a condo. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Erin, it's been fun talking with you today. Good luck with the bottle shop. I'll be releasing this in January. So I'm sure you'll get some new folks that'll come in. Thanks for talking with us today. Stephanie, thank you so much. You bet. We'll talk soon. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.